Cubbies, I know you're excited to hear my voice welcome you again. And I got to tell you, Murray has gone to the limit this week. He's here in his best Taro cosplay because he's ready to take all you motherfuckers to school. Murray, this is a big episode because this isn't so much education as entertainment, but it is entercational entertainment. Right, we're doing a public service announcement, not announcement, public service deed today because, well, first of all, congratulations, Griff. Hot off the heels of Bar Boy. We're killing it. The numbers are just ding, uh, yep. ding, ding. Yep. I'm here to kill that. I'm here to just kill any momentum we had with a movie that people we really need to listen to. I, you probably won't, but you need to. We've been doing this incredible job of introducing the idea of pussy fog. And right. we've been yeah. slowly building it up for our audience to really start. By the way, we, we we started that in our Excalibur episode. If you want to dip your toe in, we're going to explain it a little further. And the ver- different variations of Pussy Fog today. We'll call it The Fog just for, for brevity. Not John Carpenter's The Fog. No. But, yeah, we're going to ex- break it down because this movie is a textbook example of The Fog. Right. So th- this whole episode is just going to be us dissecting The Fog, where you're at with The Fog. It is like right. your poor friend, cousin, relative, anything. Or yourself. It happens yourself. to everyone. That's happened to me. But think about people who get on to hard drugs and then they get hard off the, hard- the drugs. Right. And they're like, I'm never going to do a drug. And you could tell like they're so fucking desperate to get back on drugs. Rift, the hardest drug is pussy. And – Okay. We're talking pussy. That affects every straight man. I mean, think about all the horrible... I'm sorry to make light of this situation. All the horrible crimes that have been happening with shootings and everything, a lot of those are based on pussy fog. The fucking guy uh, who shot up the fucking uh, uh, Asian massage shop and everything. Yeah, yeah. Pussy fog. Like, yeah, that's through the extreme. Exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it can lead there. Yeah, it can. But it doesn't always. That's why we need legalized prostitution like we saw in the world of barbed wire. Which, by the way, was it? I don't remember. There were there prostitutes in bar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. On, I, I trying to block that movie. You're out. trying so hard. Just yeah. pam everything. <laughs> oh, we we did bring up, and we are getting a lot of applause. Uh, the guy who played her stunt double in Barbed Wire, Harry really, Knuckles. Harry Knuckles. His name is actually Harry Knuckles. Yeah, H A R R Y. He Knuckles. was very happy to see you know because no one watched that movie, so his yeah. work was just left to die. Right. I'm glad. He, he, I hope he gets more jobs because of our episode. He trained under our our favorite uh, Billy Drago. Of course he, he did. I, I noticed those hand gestures yeah. from anybody. But I, I wasn't gonna say it. But you, you came in. You're just like Griff. I just was at the club, and your track, Barb Fire, <laughs> is on fire. So that's what I opened last week with. Yeah, well, that. Thank you for bringing that up because we opened this week. I originally wanted to open with Violent World by the Misfits because it, it Violent City, Violent World. That's right. But when I heard the theme to this movie, I'm like, no, we we gotta go with this theme. Done by Ennio Morricone, famous for all the Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns. Did the soundtrack to The Thing, the only soundtrack John Carpenter didn't do. He's, like, you know, super well-known. He's done... Shit, you, you, ah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does that shit. So, and he came up with. I was just, I was talking about this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Why don't people use distortion and reverb and feedback anymore? It sounds so fucking cool. It's got that weird fucking sound. Yeah, and everything's so fucking. It's because it's because computers. Everything is clean, pristine, yeah. and shitty. There is people again. This is like where we're at with movies too. 
the top tier shit is all the heavily over. We've got all the analytics that tell us this is what's going to get uh, uh, you know us a million record sales or whatever. And then you have to go out and look on your fucking streaming platforms for all the people still trying to make like cool sounds and shit. So there is people like I know this one artist who made himself uh, like he put like his speaker and microphone and everything in this giant uh, dome of cement and everything could get like that reverb and all that. The mm-hmm. echoey effects. So there is people still doing authentic shit. It's so hard to find them now. You yeah. have to search for them. We don't get those on the radio. Uh, but no, that, that song... You let auto-tune on the radio. We just let auto-tune on the radio. Yeah. Um, I want to keep it on barbed wire for a minute here. Okay. Because last week we did talk about porn stars, of course. Well, porn stars. I mean, play playmates, yeah. of course, with Pam Anderson. Drew Barrymore, my embarrassing floppy disk came up. Uh, yeah, you had to do what you had to do, but yeah, yeah, you know. you know, I had the Playboy underneath the mattress. You had that. I mean, it's just that generations. I, it looked like the scene out of the Matrix where uh, Keanu lifts up his bed and he's got all the zip disks there. That was me with my floppy disk of Drew Barrymore. <laughs> One picture per floppy disk. <laughs> the old Forty-five days of, of no. Yeah. Um, but I did notice something that happened at the start of this movie, Murray. Yeah. What was the start of this movie? Do you remember? It was Bronson on a boat. Does that look familiar to you? I actually know you said you didn't see it. <laughs> no. That was the Pamela Anderson Lee, Tommy Lee porno. Yeah. They but Bronson it. did not drive the boat with his dick. Yes. They stole shot by shot the opening scene. So is Pam a fan of this movie or is Tommy a fan of this movie? I don't, I don't know. Because it was shot for shot. I'm just saying it was coincidence <laughs> if anything, but... There you go. I'm glad we didn't get the next scene where the shorts come off because I didn't want to see the branch long. I did not want to see that. I saw his sunken little chest there. I don't want to see anything else. Too much Bronson in this movie. Well, I don't know about the only Bronson, not enough uh, Savalas. He's only he's only in it for 14 minutes, and he steals every scene he's in. I feel like that was a good way to use him though yeah because you get this build-up of desperation and everything well you get build-up of this character weber you're like who the fuck is this guy yeah i thought he didn't come in until an hour into the movie right i thought it was perfect how they did it yes i wanted more of telly but the fact that we got so little just made it all the sweeter he pulled a costanza he left you wanting more oh 100 percent and I mean, for this guy who's got this huge air of enormity, enormity, uh, he's just—he's yeah. huge, and everybody's got his name on his lips and everything. So it's like this guy is big, and only get him for a few minutes. Like, yeah, that guy's busy. We only get him for a few minutes. We don't get into why we only get him for a few minutes, but right. Oh, so I also noticed something else about this movie. Yeah. As I started watching it, I was like, nobody is talking in this movie. We're just watching. There's a shitload of eye acting going on. Bronson, hey, I want to say something about Charles Bronson. People shit on him as an actor. And yes, I'll agree. He phoned it in in the 80s. Yeah. He was was great in the 70s, playing a certain type of character. He's great at playing the wounded animal character. And what's more dangerous than a wounded animal? Nothing. And I think he does a great job because I think he's pulling from his own life, his own child. Because he had a fucked up childhood. He was a, he was a coal miner at like 12 or some oh, shit. Because he grew what? up in the Depression and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What state was that? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. So he had a horrible fucking life. And I think he... I, I, 
I might be reading too much into this, but I see a lot of correlations between Vanessa, Jill Ireland's character, and Jeff, his character, and their real-life relationship. Yeah. Because, do you know how they met? No. She was married to the guy, I don't remember his name, he was the Russian guy on The Man from Uncle. This is the story I heard. I might be wrong. And he was friends with Charles Bronson. And he was going to go off and do a movie. And he said, Charles, it was a, it was a Pulp Fiction type thing. He's like, I'm going to be out of town. Can you like look after my wife? Oh. Take her out. Charles Bronson swooped in, stole her away from him. And you can, you can tell because of that happened that he didn't. Charles Bronson never trusted her. Because she always had to be in movies with him. Mm. So I think it's like he always had to keep an eye on her. Because you can never trust a woman who's gonna, who leaves a man for you because you know she's going to do that to you eventually. Yeah, like that easily too. Right. I mean, especially because he probably didn't even take her to Denny's. Exactly. Red Roof Inn. So I think practice. they brought a lot. Well, I don't know if she did, but I think he brought a lot of that to his performance. Yeah. I could see that. He's got the he's got like Macho Man syndrome because Macho Man also had that problem. Couldn't right. leave Miss Elizabeth alone anywhere. Right. Lock her up in a room when he's got to go do something. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. But the fog, Griff. Before we get in the movie, we're gonna go over the. There's two kinds of fog. Well, I want to bring up the fact you're talking about Bronson. You're talking about the seventies. Uh, what I wanted to get at here: minutes, opening, no words, no. It's the mechanic. It's this is a parallel to the mechanic. Yeah, they're sister movies or brother movies. Or they have to. This is like a parallel universe. They came out two years apart. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about this. I've been hearing a lot of great conspiracy theories about the Large Hadron Collider, and the first time they started whirling that thing, we actually split our universe into five, and now they're going to do it again. It's going to split into two hundred fifty thousand. These two movies were of the, you know, they're built in two different universes, but they are the same movie, I think. Well, they do deal with issues of loneliness, wanting a connection. I think in Mechanic, it was more about any human connection. Yeah. Because, and it wasn't gay. He just wanted a friend with J. Michael Vincent. I know everyone's got to go, oh, he's gay. No, it wasn't gay. But this one, it's about wanting to make a connection. Because Hitman's got to be a lonely life. Yeah. So he making a connection with someone you know is horrible for you, yeah. but that's maybe you feel like it's the only person you deserve because you feel bad about what the kind of person you are. Maybe. See, I I even see it as mechanic is a prequel or uh, a sequel to this movie because we'll get into it. But in uh, the mechanic, he's off on his own. He's refusing women. He hits it and quits it. Right. But you could see the desperation. He wants that just, like, fucking hot-ass lust. The woman reading him the letters, the handwritten letters. Well, he wants someone to care about him. Which, right. You know, that's not so much lust. It's love. That's yeah. what we're all looking for. Yeah. And I want to point out that, like, we might be a little hard on the Vanessa character, but everybody in this movie is a toxic piece of shit when it comes down to it. Yeah, like, our, right? our big players here, Jeff, toxic. He's a, um, he's a, he's a killer. That's his job, to kill yeah. people. He's dead in the eye. Bronson, amazing at playing the dead in the eye character. Just, right. I'm here. I'm going to unroll my baguette. Oh, wait, it's a rifle. I'm going to murder somebody today. Great at that shit. Vanessa, she's got her objectives, too. And she's yeah. willing to step on everybody's eyeballs to get Master there. manipulator. Master manipulator. And then we got we got L. Weber, played L. by Tyson Wallace, who has other people do his dirty work for him, like Jeff. Right, right. 
He's he's right, right up there. He's like a black Caesar. He's just ruling everybody, and you can tell that he's, you know, insane in his own way. So and we're not picking on anybody, and this is a thing that happened to men or women. Yeah. All right. So, but I'm just saying, and for the because because the trope, this is a, basically a film noir, and the trope is the femme fatale, the man eater. So we're going to concentrate on a woman here, but a man does the same kind of shit to women too. Yeah. They're the same kind. But. Now we realize the topic we're going to get into. It's not just. It's like a split pea fog. It's a heavy fog. So right. we are going to do like the child books when you're reading through and they have the icon and you hit the button and the speaker's on the book so you can hear the sound. We will go ahead and play a nice foghorn for everybody to let you know this is the metaphor. Because, right. I mean, I just learned about metaphors. So. Right. Well, yeah, because you got – this is this is the worst kind of fog because there's two fogs. There's the Uther fog. Go back to Excalibur where – and where it's just a lust, it's not. There's no emotion to it. It's think, just, think college kids, you know. Right. I mean, this is this is the fog I've felt. I felt this fog before in my life. I not so much the other one we're going to get into, but it's like and it and it's, it's it's all and this is the and it goes too far. This is like you said. This is where we get people to shoot shit up. Yes. This is that kind of fog. Yeah. Where it's a madness that overtakes you. Right. But then one. But it's, also it goes away once you get what you want, pussy. It goes away. Right. So it's not as intense as what we're going to get in. Well, it is intense, but in a different way than what we're going to get to with Jeff's fog. Because Jeff's fog is... Because, like, well, well, when we're dealing with Uther, the object of his pussy fog, her her crime, I'm using air quotes of her crime, is that she's an attractive woman. She's not doing anything. She's not leading anyone on. She's not manipulating. She's not doing anything. Right. With Jeff's case, he's met a, a toxic woman who knows how to manipulate the fog, uses the fog to her advantage. Right. And not, the, and, not the force, the fog. Yeah, the force, the fog. <laughs> and it's very insidious because it's, it's your, it, this is dealing with emotions, and this is, a, this, is a, and this is a fog that more affects, can affect women as well. So there's, this is a cock smog and a, and a pussy fog. Yeah, this is some Amber Heard level shit here. This is the original Johnny Depp Amber Heard relationship. Yeah. It's very toxic. It's very weird. It's a very strange relationship. You're like, why are you two together? But you say it best. You got to love somebody, hate somebody before you love them. That's, there's plenty to hate about each of these characters. That, that's what movies have taught us. And this is why everyone is so fucked up right now. Yeah. Because they're like, no, I have to hate this person or I have no feelings for this person. I like this person too much. I got to get away from them. I got to get away from them. I have to find somebody that just makes me, fills me with rage. That's right. You look so perfect right now with your chalkboard and your pointer. Well, Mur- I'm ready I, to I'm teach. sorry we don't have video here, guys, because Murray's got the whole nine set up. The de- the little I fucking the, fog and you got, got wind fronts coming I in. I actually have a fog machine just to real because Griff, he has trouble with metaphors. You really got to hammer it home for yeah. him. He's still he's learning. I'm learning. But he's trouble. I, I'm sitting down at my desk here. We actually put a desk in uh, the podcast room so I can take some notes here. It's going to be good. Even Barney's sitting here just waiting to ingest all this information. Well, I would rec- recommend everybody take notes for this episode because you're going to learn a lot. You might go, holy shit, I've been in the fog all along. I didn't know. We might be saving lives today, Griff. Yeah. Is there anything we should be doing? Is there like, is this like Inception where maybe we should carry a top with us and spin it and like maybe get in, help us get out of the fog? Is there any tricks to getting out of the fog that you know of? Uh, no. I mean, well, as we'll learn in this movie... Sometimes when you even know you're in the fog, you can't get out of the fog. Okay. And that's the most tragic thing of all, 
law. There's not a hotline? Are we working on a hotline? No, that's for other people. We don't care enough about people to do that. Oh, okay. We're, we're giving enough of our time doing this episode. <laughs> After true. that, figure it out yourself. We're giving you the... T- we're pulling... An Al Weber, we're giving you the tools. We're letting you get yourself out. Because it's, <laughs> right. like, it's like that old thing, Griff. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Right. Teach a man, man to fish, fish, and he eats for the rest of his fucking life. For his fucking life. There you go. <laughs> so let's go to this trailer, everybody. We get ready for the trailer for Final Shot, a.k.a. Violent City, a.k.a. The Family, a.k.a. The Fog. Hello? Who is it? There's someone waiting to kill you. What? You can see him if you look out of your porthole. Being a killer is easy if you're a member of the family. I want that film. And I want you to join our little family. I better know of it all my life, Liver. But when a private killer cuts into the family business, being a killer is suicide. Why is it whenever I'm with you, I always end up in the middle of blood violence? The orphan sets up a one-man business with new rules. No rules. The only part of the family he wants is their most beautiful women. It's better. You lost the courage to pull the trigger? Let me tell you, Jeff. You know, you ate the apple and they're gonna throw you out of the Garden of Eden. Here is a motion picture that doesn't waste a second, that runs with the speed of the death crowd and stops only for a target. The devil is all the family the orphan will ever need. No. family puts you in the middle of a killer's quarrel and leaves you with a sting of excitement. The family. Welcome back. Best trailer ever. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, before we get into the movie, let me give a little backstory. We are be- we are doing Violent City, which is the Italian cut of the movie. The American cut, which is like 15 minutes less, is called The Family. That's okay. the first that's the movie I saw. Um and it came, uh, the Violent City came out in 1970. The Family was re- released in America in 1973 to piggyback on the success of The Godfather. That's why it's called The Family. Oh, they were okay, I see. So you'll know if you get Violent City, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, there'll be times where the dialogue will turn to Italian for no reason. With no uh, closed captioning. And the reason that it is, I, I'm, we've explained this before when we do Italian movies, all audio is done in post in Italian movies, at least these level of movies. Maybe yeah. the bigger ones, it was different. So they didn't give a shit. Like, you'd have probably have actors that are speaking Italian and English to each other. Like, they're not even speaking the same languages because they didn't give a fuck. 
So when they uh, they they filmed it, they didn't even the scenes that are in Violent City that aren't in the family. They didn't even care enough to bring the guys back to do the English dubs. Like they didn't have Charles Bronson come back. So that's why Charles Bronson will be speaking Italian in a scene for no yeah. reason, and then it'll go back to Bronson. Or there's just added scenes. From the family, because you told me straight up just watch Violent City. Yeah. Uh, and there's like the prison scene where it's like, what the fuck is this scene for? Yeah, that scene was cut out, obviously, of the family because it's all in Italian. There's metaphors happening in there, and I don't understand them. Maybe uh, you can give me some insight on right, it. Maybe that's you can what get I'm the here audience. For. Professor so Tim we'll, is we'll here. We'll get there. Professor Tim is here. You've got those sweet elbow patches. Uh, I don't even have a coat on. I have patches on my bare elbows. Yeah, I mean, you could call them pads, but I guess you wouldn't because they're not really padding your elbows. So just to let you know, if if someone actually, for the first time, goes and listens to a movie we talk about, or sees a movie actually we've talked about it, don't be confused by when it goes Italian. That's the reason why. We should probably reset the show one of these days and explain that we don't just do canon movies, even though we're going global. We haven't theater. done a canon movie in, like, I think the beginning of the year. I yeah, think no. that fucking, uh, what was that? Number one with a bullet, I think, was our God, last we, that was That was literally the beginning of the year, and we're fucking the end of July right now. We're I think beginning we of did August. a canon movie more recently. Maybe. But uh, it's funny, uh, talking about the audio, because I was uh, just just yesterday talking with um, Matt, our buddy Matt Sosi on the Twitter, who, by the way, always dedicating songs to our show on his, his radio show. Which Fuck we, yeah, man. Which we, we, we appreciate. We're the number one. I don't know if anyone in Indiana besides him listens to us, but at least we're getting out there. <laughs> but uh, he was talking about there's a documentary called Euroscene, which is all about the crime films. Because he was like, they were churning them out like in the 70s mm-hmm. and in Italy. And... They got Fred Williamson on it, like talking about doing one of those movies, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's talking about how they do everything in post." Because he said the machines they had these old fucking cameras that sounded like coffee grinders; they were so loud. I like it, and so like nobody, like obviously they know that nobody's gonna. They're not recording audio, but you're still doing a scene, you yeah. know. So he, there'd be people literally like five feet away off camera, like construction guys, like eating sandwiches, having a loud conversation. And Fred's like, <laughs> "I'm doing a fucking scene right now. Can you get the fuck out of here?" Like. You know, it's ridiculous. That's incredible. <laughs> I would like to believe that would be a vacation destination you could do these days. Like, get people signed up for a two-month uh, SAG card or whatever it is, the, the whatever acting guild you have to be in now to, like, do any acting, and just go out into, like, the Spaghetti Western Mountains and, like, shoot two movies in two months that are just, you know— these old low budget movies that used that were everywhere. Yeah, we don't they don't we don't do that anymore. It's like we either have mega budget corp, corporations or super tiny like low budget like. We probably shouldn't we have, have cut that. the trailer already because we obviously had more to say about everything. No, about no, this movie. we're, we're going to get into. But the this movie is right why, now. like, I think Jordan Peele is probably a great director and everything. But this is why the Nopes will be put up in the hundred percent echelon. And did you see that Jordan Peele? Someone said. You're the greatest horror movie director ever. Just after three movies. We've, after we've, three movies. Annoyed him. he was like, my name isn't John Carpenter. Stop slandering him. And the guy was like, uh, your Rotten Tomato rating is 98. His is like 75. The use the Rotten Tomato uh, as... Why are you saying tomato? Excuse me, what is happening here? <laughs> tomato. Yeah. Uh, to use the Rotten toma- Tomato uh, as like, this is better. I, I hate that. 
Is art subjective? Yeah, especially because now everyone is such a fucking bitch. Like reviewers, like they just want to get their name in the fucking you know like. So and so says this is a tour de force performance, and yeah. like everyone's such a bitch for like the corporation, the the, the movie companies now. It's not, Nobody it's, has any objectivity. It's like I I want to be a part of the Marvel universe. I'll say whatever you want me to say. This is this is how movies like Snowpiercer get pushed to being one of the greatest sci-fi of movies of the century. There's no perspective anymore. There's like, none. You know. And uh, there's a lot to blame to go around. But I want to go boating with fucking Bronson. I got a lot of blame. I wish we could people. have had a documentary series called Boating with Bronson. Yeah, it was like you said, once again, this is the sister movie to The Mechanic. So we get about 12 minutes of silence, yeah. which I... And then we and we get also silence at the end, which I think is very effective. Which I'll get into in the 100%, last scene. Hundred percent. It was. No. This is a fucking fantastic movie. I right. really it, yeah, it. Yeah, it's a lot better than people think. Yeah. So a lot better than Barb Wire. I'll say that much. Way better. So we get a scene. He's on. But he's he's finally happy. Jeff has perfect name for a chump. Yes, I, apologies to anyone listening named Jeff, but Jeff just sounds like a guy that would be in the fog. Right. Now, what's worse, Jeff with the G-E or Jeff with the J? Because I know you hate double J, Jeff Jerry. <laughs> so I feel like you're leading that way. I don't know. I've never really liked the G, Jeffrey. I don't know why. But yeah. I yeah. don't know. I hate them both. How about okay. that? Okay. So this is the this is the best. We'll see Jeff through the whole movie. This is the I highlight mean, of his life. Because right he now. flips that boat into cruise control. Groot thing. This is a Tesla boat. It's self-driving. It murders a couple of children along the way. But he sees this lady out there on the bow, and he's like, I'm going to bow that house. Is that a bow house reference I made? Yeah, I don't know that, what just happened there. It was really rough. It was good? And, no, it was rough. It was and good. And so, yeah, and then she comes up to him, takes off her top. He goes up to her. She's laying out. She's playing out. Right. And he, like, undoes this little, like, cord she has wrapped around her waist. Yeah, yeah they're close up on that one. Right. So Murray pointed out, because I said, I recognize those cheeks. And you said, Who's Sheiks? Because there's 15 different stand-ins here for her butt. Yeah, because Bronson's not going to let his lady get naked for a movie. So I forgot you notice tan lines better than anybody love, in yeah. the universe. I do like tan lines. And so you noticed the tan lines were different on each butt close-up. Yeah. I, I can't believe your uh, attention to tan. You know I'm a butt man and I'm a tan line man. I know. And Joe so Coleman's like, always like, uh, I didn't tan quite the same as I usually do. Is Murray going to be okay with it? <laughs> right. He's so worried about Well, he you. never comes. He, he doesn't do a Vince McMahon. I've never seen a G-string tan line on Joe Coleman. No. He gets fully nude in the fucking tanning bed. He knows he knows He's, he's a tans. smart man. Yeah. He's a smart man. Anyways, smart tan, smart tan. <laughs> so then we, so we're like, all right, they're gonna fuck. That's yeah. the the code for that. And then they get off the boat, and we get we we get it. You, know, you pointed out we get a Dark Man video game scene <laughs> for four minutes. And it's just someone taking pictures. This is very it's an artistic kind of intro thing. Yeah, and they're taking pictures of him walking or around beach. with Vanessa. They're just doing. They're watching some kids do the limbo. Yep. We're in the. He's in the limbo. That's a metaphor, Griff. It's showing he's in the limbo of the pussy fog. Oh, okay. So you're telling us because you've told us the Uther fog is you fuck you're out of it. Like, yes, it's like it's, it's super intense. But it, once you get what you need, yeah, it clear headed like clear a fever. Headed. It breaks. Right. He's got long term COVID. He's got long term <laughs> COVID. Yeah, brain fog. Yeah. He's got long term fog. Um, and so we're coming back to. 
and Jeff and Vanessa, they're just driving. Yeah, you could say right now he's really in the in the fog, but he's enjoying it. He's not. He hasn't. He hasn't been snatched away from him yet. He's in, he's in the middle. He just injected the fog. Like, he, he just got he the main, fucking he's main He's mainlining. Yeah. yeah, he got the main vein. Well, he main vein her, and he is feeling the high. So they're doing, like, a trip around the Caribbean. They're, they get in a uh, plane, and they land in the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. If this was uh, whoever's doing the Marvel movies, there would be jokes about the guy not using his turn, and his turn indicators, and it would have been Joke City. Silence. Right. They get in a car. Like I think it was a Mustang. Yeah. And they start driving. And, he's, you know, he's a hitman. He's always, like, vigilant. And he noticed they're getting a tail. Yeah. And he's like, I got to lose this tail. He didn't say that, but he's, you see his eyes say that. Right. And, and Vanessa's eyes say, I just want to go on the beach again. She right. is so bored by this whole scene. Right. And so this is the 70s. We got to have a car chase. And we got in a car chase we have. So I'm not going to go into it. It's a car chase. It's a standard car chase. They're going down these little lanes that they have in the Virgin Islands. Cat and mouse. He's hiding. He gets away. Peeling out tires. Nearly missing chickens. Watermelon carts going by. Pubcaps flying off. Not even on pavement. We're on dirt roads. Yeah. And they still have the pavement screeching noise. <laughs> yeah. But hey, yeah. it's okay. They did all the audio in post. So yeah, so he stops, tells Vanessa to get out. Yeah, she gets out. Notices a car like parked there, and it's a friendly face. Well, no, out. he drives off because he's going to lure him away, and then a Porsche like cuts in front oh, of him. Oh, okay. And then he, like you said, he notices a familiar face. And he calls out to him even. Coogan. That's the first line you hear in the movie. Yeah. Coogan. 14 minutes in, first line. And we go, oh, they must be friends. Because he's got a big, insane grin on his face. Insane. I was like, if this, these are your friends. They're not your friends. And then Coogan whips out a gun and just, boom, shoots Jeff. Jeff goes flying. He, and then Coogan drives around. As soon as he drives around, He's gone. He disappeared. So we're looking at the perspective of all the goons. Coogan's goons. Right. Coogan's. Goongans. Coogan's. So the Coogan's are like, where the fuck did he go? And they're slowly creeping up to the car. The Foley guy is going hard on the glass on the pavement for some. That's not what it sounds like (laughs) when you walk on dirt, like glass scraping on pavement. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, But they get right up to that car. I thought they shoot the car, don't they? They did shoot the car. The car blows off. The car blows off. So they're like, that's it. There's no way you could survive that. And then a guy walks up on (laughs) This car is literally six inches off the ground. It somehow, Bronson, like, spins out from underneath. He couldn't even fit underneath this fucking car. These aren't aren't the modern American cars. I was watching a movie the other day, and I saw the parking lanes. I was watching Child's Play, too. The little parking lanes are, like, four feet uh, closer than what they are today. Yeah. Like, the car could barely fit in there. I was like, that's not our parking spots anymore. So he does, he does a drop toe hold on a guy, grabs his Luger, shoots the dude. Oh, man. Another guy, for some reason, walks up on the other side of the car. He shoots him in the leg. The guy falls down, shoots him in the head. You would call this a shoot fight, wouldn't you? It was a shoot fight. <laughs> Oh, the wrestling terminology. But he's, he's been shot. He's just a cut. 
out of an explosion. It's too much. He stares off into the sun. You don't yeah. stare into the sun. You don't stare into the sun. Well, unless, is... you're, unless you're our, our former president, Donald Trump, then you totally stare into the sun. Did you see that picture of him recently that's going around? He where looks it's supposed like, to be him not in makeup. He looks like Yoda. He looks like a bald chicken, like a plucked chicken. He's as gross. He is a disgusting human being. I just didn't think. And he, he doesn't have the raw masculinity, at least, of a Charles Bronson. Like Charles Bronson's ugly, but you can... You know. Right, is that how Bronson got his face the way it is by staring at the sun and it's just melting a well, little bit? Well, he's literally my age and I look 20 years younger than him. So yeah, it might be. Yeah. Maybe that's why you like Bronson so much. You look at him and go, man, I am beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you did mention he got shot. But don't worry, right. the bullets went right through. Right, right through his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is thin. But then that fog rolls in. And we get a flashback. And this is where we see he meets Vanessa. She's a model. She's beautiful. Of course she's a model. Right. And she's and he walks up and she's like, Oh, Jeff runs to him. You hardly know me. She's like, You're the love of my life. We need to go off together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe pump the brakes there. Is that your real tush? But then you hear that that fucking horn. This is where the fog first creeps into his life. Finally, a woman he believes loves him for him. Because he led, he's led a lonely life. He's a hitman. Right. I mean, we saw this in The Mechanic. Is this the sequel? Is it the prequel? Probably the prequel, if you ask me. Next thing you know, he wakes up in prison. What the fuck? I, did he have a toothache? Because he had old cartoon thing where they wrapped the bandages yes. around his head. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. He doesn't wake up in prison. He wakes up in a hospital. Prison hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you, we don't know it's a prison hospital until a second here. But yeah, he wakes up and you just have a doctor snapping gloves off his hands, staring down at the camera. I was like, what? well, you get the transition from the sun to the light that they use. That was a good transition, yeah. actually. Yeah, you're right. Never yeah. mind. They got the music guy from the spaghetti westerns. They got the yeah. transition guy. Morricone. From, yeah, so good. And so, yeah, so he's, he's got like this wrapped around his head like yeah. a mummy. Well, he had the bow up there, too. Yeah, because yeah. he has a toothache. Yeah. Straight out I've of seen lo- every cartoon I've seen where you have a toothache, yeah, you just wrap it. A- straight out of Looney Tunes. Yeah. And then we then he's like in prison. Now he's in prison. He's getting up, and his friend Steve meets him right away. Yeah, the lawyer Steve, who yeah. you know they've worked, they've known each other for years. This is great. Your favorite kind of guy, like a man, late thirties, early forties, with long floppy hair <laughs> and a fucking dirt stash. He's got a little wispy dirt beard, yeah. uh, wispy mustache, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I hate the guy. Yeah. I, immediately, I know something off about this guy. But well, he, he is a lawyer. Yes. But he does say that he's like a Stephen P. New of lawyers. He's right. like, I'm always fighting for the children. Don't worry right. about me. I'm your best friend. And immediately, because uh, Steve also works for somebody we'll meet later, Al Weber. So Jeff's like, you coming here from Jeff uh, from Al Weber? I don't want your help. And he's like... No, no, Jeff. I'm here for you, man. I Weber doesn't even know about what's going right, on. Just go ahead. Explain a little bit about what happened. Maybe you're, there was like a witness there because right. Jeff is trying to say that I was shot at first. I got one of their guns. Standing his ground. He says, I said, standing my ground. I was standing my ground. And, he, and Steve is trying to coax it out of him. He's like, but there might have been a girl nearby that saw everything. No. No girl. Don't Jeff, you need to tell the girl. 
So he's willing already. You know the fog's rolling in because he's going to do time for this bride. Just because she doesn't want to be associated. She didn't commit any crime. Like She would just be a witness. But he's worried maybe somebody would get to her. Who knows? But the fog. Hitman again. That's a weak point. What was the guy? The, Will Smith played him. The Hitman in the DC Universe. He didn't have any ladies because he knew. Right. So he's just re- he's ready to do the t- he did the crime he's ready to do the time, so he's back in his cell nice cozy little cell he's got an old black guy doing cat's cradle for some reason and I guess you got get time on your hands you got to do something. I, has there ever been a prison scene in any movie where there's not a black man in it? That's true. Yeah, is that life imitating art? Art living in life? I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about that. But we also get some redheaded stepchild in there with him. This kook who. Speaking of fucking racism, Griff, uh, this is a racist dolls is a motif of this movie. Yeah. The first thing we see in this cell is like one of those dolls you wind up and they walk, but it's a super racist doll. It's like coal black with big red lips. Uh, the white, big white pupils or uh, eyes with the little black pupils in there. So yeah. there's, they're, ugh. And this creepy little redheaded dude is like playing with it. Yeah. And he's freaking out because he can't handle. He's been in jail for like a, a, like an hour. Right. And Bronson's just chilling on the cot, just staring off into space. Black guy's enjoying his cat's cradle. He's just doing that he's shit. He's a hitman. You know he's been in jail. It's never been obviously for murdering a person, but he's been in jail for minor right. infractions and everything. So he knows how to be cool about the situation. He's the Fonz. This kid is supposed to be. He's rich. Cunningham. Yeah. He's got the red hair and everything. He's freaking out. He's like, we got to get out of here, Fonz. How are we going to get out of here, Fonz? But we actually don't know what he says because he only <laughs> speaks Italian. Right. And he's playing. Uh, the first time I saw one of those super racist dolls was when I was like 20 or 22 uh, when I was working. There's a whole subsection of middle-aged white women who love collecting those dolls. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And, of yeah. course, it's like the backwoods kind of places, yeah. at least where I saw them yeah. in person. I walked into a bathroom the one time. I worked on the road, of course. So sometimes I have to pee in, you know, customers' bathrooms. Go in there, staring at me with some of those dolls. I was like, this is fucking weird as shit. And yeah. then that's when it started being like, oh, I see these everywhere now. Yeah. That shit's weird. weird. And so he's freaking out. He's like, look, look at you. You're so cool and calm and collected. You're, you're, you kill people, and you're going to be out in two years. I steal 400 bucks. I'm going to be here for 10 years. <laughs> I don't want to get raped. <laughs> and he's just like freaking out. And then, right. and then this is the most awkward scene. He's talking out of nowhere. A tarantula <laughs> appears on the redhead's like, chest. Yeah. And he's like, get this off of me. This is where I need help. Is this some metaphor? <laughs> or is this some weird fucking scene? This is a weird scene. Okay. And he flings it off him. And then this I, the whole point of the scene is to show that Jeff does, does not give a fuck anymore. Because the tarantula, this is crappy fucking like mechanical tarantula that like crawls up on him, crawls on his body, crawls on his hand. Everyone's freaking the fuck out. And he's just like, he's off in his space. He's in the fog. He is way in the fog. And then it crawls, cr- crawls down and the black guy just stomps on it. Right. And then we get a scene of uh, that night. Right. Uh, and- well, we've, you're talking about it. We always have to have a black guy in prison. We always have a black guy who's a mentor, like, shows the ropes to our white hero. That, that's, like, their excuse for having a black guy in prison. Oh, no, 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 he's not, he's not like, a, like a low-down thug criminal type. He's really smart. Maybe he's not in here 
for real reasons. We're trying to say like right. you you gotta, you too gotta, many black. You got railroaded, yeah. Yeah. And he starts telling the stories like, you know, man, I had a friend and he was upstanding citizen, wife, kids, everything. By the way, guys, this whole scene's in Italian. Murray just read the eyes. You're yeah. hearing his ability of reading eyes wow. right now. I have no idea what they were saying in Italian. Yeah. And then one day he just snapped. He just got a gun and started shooting people because you know what? That's who he is. People are born killers. You don't become a killer. You're either born or you're not. And I see that in you. And then we get another flashback. And it's it's we see Jeff with Coogan. Right. And we're like, oh, okay. And Coogan's talking to him. He's just like, look, I this my uncle, he's eighty, he's eighty fucking years old. He's got no much to live anyway. Get rid of him. I get the inheritance. He's living a miserable life. His quality of life, shit right now. In fact, he shits himself all the time. He's miserable. His latest wife cheated on him. Yeah, that thirty year old he married. Yeah. Cheated on him. Her name was Vanessa. You hear about her? You never heard of her. And he's just like, just give me one little push. I have no regrets. And then they zoom in on Bronson's face. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. And is this and is this showing? You know, he's this is he's a cold blooded killer. But to- is he a cold blooded killer? I I don't know what to say because he's saying I'm a professional. I'm a cold blooded killer. We cut to him. He's got a rifle in hand, but then he's also got a phone. He has the most awkward way of killing this guy. This was very unmechanical. This was very strange way. Again, this is why I think maybe it's the prequel, because it's not a good setup all right. at all. Because the uncle is on a boat, like in a marina. This is how, what's his name would do it? I don't remember the Statham? Name. No, not Statham. Well, <laughs> no, Statham would have blown up the boat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he would have blown up the I fucking cover my boat. tracks, and he blows a fucking boat off. And it would have been, it wouldn't have been like Make an it elaborate staging or anything. It would have been a Looney Tune stacks of dynamite to the ceiling. He would have had a wire to the beach, surrounded by people, and done the plunger. So Jeff calls the guy on his boat phone. I'm from your your, your uh, nephew called me. There's a killer out there trying to get you. What? 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 What are you talking about? Look out the window. Like, and like, he's like, all right, where are you? I can't see any killer. Maybe, Murray, follow me here. It's just like the sad stories of like, you know, people phone banking, calling old people and saying, hey, your credit card's over. You need to send us $100. Otherwise, they're going to impound your cat. And they're like, shit, I don't want my cat impounded. So here's a so the uncle just wants someone to talk to what? because his, his nephew uh, Jerry never calls him. Yeah, it's a little bit of that, but it's a little bit of they're just gullible. They've lost their their wits, and so when when Bronson realizes that Jeff realizes that he's like, this guy does need death. Well, no, who knows? Because Jeff gets him in his sights. We see the scope, the target, and he hesitates. And he's never done that before in his life. He's always just he, when I have a target. I shoot, but he does. Thank, thankfully, he does kill. He kills an innocent old man, shoots him in the head, gets the job done, and then we cut back to the fucking prison. I immediately got foghorn in this scene, Murray. We're and, running through a fucking jungle, and it's not a goddamn right. uh, 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 Creedence Clearwater. Yeah, we're getting song. dueling flashbacks. Yeah. Because now he's with Vanessa. This is Inception. Did the, I say this was Inception? The greatest time of his life where he's chasing her. She's wearing a muumuu. He's wearing jeans. They jump in the water. You don't want to jump in water with jeans on. It's not very uncomfortable. But he's so in love. He's so in the fog. 
that he's loving every minute of it, and then he comes out of it. And then fucking the black guy's seen it all. He's a mentor. Yeah. He's like, that woman played you dirty, didn't she? <laughs> Quiet, old men. And then we cut to two years later. Jeff's two years, really? He went to jail for two years. Oh, okay. Jeff gets out. Thankfully, the prison cleaned up his all-white outfit that he had on when he got shot. They sewed up the bullet holes. He got the blood <laughs> out because he's got that all-white outfit. Do you think they did that, or do you think maybe uh, one L. Weber paid for it? I don't know. We'll find because out. Because his goons are waiting to pick him up outside the prison. Right. Well, no, they're not. He gets on a plane. And he get on a plane? Yeah, he's still in the Virgin Islands. And he flies oh, to uh, and it's okay. If any of you fuckheads who think Statham's uh, mechanic is better, we we got a little Statham for you because they go to Nolens, which is where Statham's mechanic took place. Oh, the dirtiest little city, the violent city. And then he lands at the airport, and this is where he gets out, oh, okay. and we see some of Al Weber's goons are waiting for him. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, man." Good to see you. Get in. We're ready. We got a job lined up for you right now. 50K. No questions asked. All up front. I don't work anymore. I'm not in that line of work anymore. Shit. 50K. I could get anybody to do this. Oh, really? Grabs a guy. Hey, he's got a preposition for you. (laughs) The guy's like, what? And then he walks off and to his buddy, Kalane, who's waiting. This is his mentor. This guy taught him the ropes about how to be a hitman. Hops in the car with Colleen, cause, cause, and then they, they drive, and we, they go on. It's like He's like, I'm proud of you, man, because we're independent contractors. Yeah. We don't work for anybody. We're lone wolves. You know, one day I really hope they open a, a city, like a harbor, maybe a steel harbor. We're independent don't, contractors like us. Don't bring up that movie. <laughs> Stop. We're not going to get any of the shine off it by mentioning it, all right? <laughs> So the next scene totally confused Griff. I had to like rewrite his entire notes because I was like, what is he seeing that I'm not seeing? Because first of all, Griff thought Steve picked up the fucking shaft. These guys look nothing alike. I could not keep track. Fucking Kalane looks like an older Anthony Bourdain. He's got an Anthony Bourdain look to him. No, you're right. So I'm like, so I had to do a little fix up. 90% of the time, you're on point. I don't have to do anything. But these little fix ups I have to do. So they pull off in an alley, and there's a blind man. And Kalane gets out of the fucking car, oh, goes yeah. up to the blind man, yeah. and then he comes and he helps the blind man across the street, and then he gets in. What are you doing? You think you're going to clear your conscience by helping an old man? Right, because Kalane gets out of the car, and the blind man, or the guy who helped him across the street, is now driving the car. No, it's Kalane. There's no different guy. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I was That's why I was like, what the fuck are you seeing? I was very- Nobody switches anything. It's the same guy. I'm still very confused. And, this, and the reason is, he's like, that's why, he, that's why he's talking. He's like, you're going to clear your conscience from being a hitman? And he's like, I'm going to clear my conscience with this. And he pulls out the fucking heroin that the fucking blind man is a drug dealer. Oh. That's the whole point of helping him across the street. Because oh. as soon as they leave, a girl comes up to him and helps him across the street again. Oh, okay. So there you go. I saw that part the second time. I saw the other person come by. Okay, okay. Oh. So now we cut to Jeff. He's got to get his, he's got a prison. He's got to get his dick wet. And he does. He gets it sloppy wet. Oh, yeah. On a very... Did that disgust you? Because how wet it was? 
No. Okay. So he, he so he's he's not so maybe Sauer thinking maybe he's not in the fog. He's he's got he's just fucked a hooker. He's like he's 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 good. He's gonna go back to being the the, the Jeff we all know and love. Right. No. Because as soon as he does that, he as soon as he pays her off, he goes to Colleen's like having a cappuccino or something waiting for him. Right. Puts a big wad of cash, stuffs it in there, shows some pictures. Find me these two people, and it's Coogan and Vanessa. Uh huh. And we're like, oh shit, he's out for revenge. So now Jeff, he's gonna get off. A oh, you mentioned it himself. You were like, did you recognize him? Because we've talked about oh. Bronson's always got to have his wife in a movie, and we know Telly Savalas is in this movie. So you got to have his little brother George, and aka Stavros, aka Fatso. Yep. So we got to get over. We got to get a car. It just so happens that you know when well, Kalane finds Coogan. So he's like, hey, this is where he's at. So now he's got to go get Coogan. Oh, okay, okay. Because you didn't notice that Bronson drives a different car in every fucking scene in this movie. I did not. Always switching cars. No, okay. So he, he go, he's he got a little picnic basket with him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's going to have a nice little time by himself. He meets up with Stavros. Stavros has a car for him. And right. so he's he's like the connection to find where Coogan is. He's got to clean all the styrofoam cups out of the car first. Right, They're just full of styrofoam. Yeah, he's cups. just yeah, he's drinking. He's got he's got a little cappuccino and a tiny little styrofoam cup. He's sipping it. Yeah, because because he brought that to Kojak with him too. Right, and he's, and they so so like all right. So uh, apparently, uh, oh by the way, I want to point out that I I listened. There was there was a commentary on the episode, uh, not the episode, the movie, movie, and it was it was done by a guy who is just a huge Bronson fan. He wrote like two books on Bronson. Oh wow, so. He had the most obnoxious Boston accent. It fucking drove me crazy. And he literally said, it was fingernails on a chalkboard grip. He would always say Italian. Not ironically. He would say, this is an Italian movie all throughout. It was like fingernails on a chalkboard. It's Italian, motherfucker. Yeah, like me saying tomato. Exactly. So, well, that's tomato, tomato. There's a whole thing about that, Griff. <laughs> There's no, you say Italian, I say Italian. Italian. No, you're, you're an idiot if you say Italian. So Bronson's going to okay. drive. You're Brad Pitt and United Bastards or whatever that movie was called. In, yeah, in, yeah, United Bastards. <laughs> United Bastards. So, <laughs> lo and behold, we thought the Violent City was, because we, we know the Violent City, it's Detroit. Yeah. So we if we get a Michigan connection in this movie because Jerry Jerry's a race car driver, Jerry Coogan, twenty two years old, drove so goddamn fast, never did win no checker flag, but he never did. Come in so last. he's at a race, and this I and apparently this was a real race. I looked this up. I, it's Irish Hills, Michigan. Oh, which I've never heard of. It's over by Jackson. Oh yeah, okay. I'll be which, over there in a couple weeks. For what? Oh no, I'm going past. Are you going to prison? Jackson is in the middle of uh, our yeah. mitten. Yeah, it's like South Central Michigan. Yeah. South Central. It's like yeah, it's like due west of Detroit. Yeah, basically. And it's most famous for having a fucking max. I think it was the very first maximum security prison. Really? Okay. And also, Ted Nugent used to live there at one time. I don't really? think he still does. Oh, but that's God. all it's known for. It's it's the sticks. You get out of, if you get outside of the Detroit area, all Michigan is the sticks. Basically. Yeah, you have Lansing, which has a small bubble. You have Grand Rapids, small bubble. You have well, Holland. I don't know. I consider Grand Rapids the sticks, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's a city, all right, but the the mentality is the sticks. Yeah, small bubble. Yeah. That was the words I used there. Like, once you come to the east side, uh, the Detroit side, and the metro area, and then you go over there, it, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. small. It, it kid rock country. 
Kid Rock Country. So that's where uh, Coogan. I went up to Kid Rock Country the other day. I'm, a couple I'm, weeks ago, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Coogan is competing in a race, which I guess really used to happen in Irish Hills, Michigan. So a lot of this footage is from the real race. Nice. Um, a lot of this got cut out of the family, and it, it should have, because this is a fucking long fucking scene. These were very patient-testing scenes. It's a good thing that in our modern age, we have a little fast-forward button. Right. So uh, cause we get a lot of footage of just the race car drivers, the cars. Uh, 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 Bronson tuning in a TV, a remote battery-powered TV. Perfect reception. He didn't even pull an antenna out. Yeah. He, just, he just put it on a little branch. Because he said he's like up in the hills, like uh, overlooking the track. Yeah. The track is very like a rural kind of track. Yeah, and he's got it. He's getting. He gets his sniper out. He's putting it together. He the pick the picnic basket. He opens up. It's got like a, 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 a fucking all the things to make a sniper rifle. Well, it's got a secret tray because on the top yeah. tray he's got a tea set. He's got like a XL nice sandwich salami, yeah. and, and an exhaled sandwich. Right, and so we see him putting it together. He's timing the fucking laps like how fast, which is. First of all, this is the most impossible shot you could ever make. They're, they're even saying they're going upwards of 200 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't care how good a hitman it is. You're not hitting a car going 200 miles He's an no hour. American sniper. That's all oh, I'm fuck, saying. Of course not. So he's getting it ready. Then we get those jump scares where the cops are on horseback or riding by. So he hunkers down. Yep. We get a scene where a little boy finds woods porn and he's like looking through it for like. That's why the scene's so long. We actually see the kid look through the magazine for like five minutes. It was amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate because again, I know you don't want to throw back to that episode, and I mm. won't even name it, but oh. woods porn came up again. Every oh. fucking boy has woods porn. And this was this kid's woods porn story. He's like, I saw a man die the first time I found woods porn. He probably relates it to. He probably grew up to be a serial killer and, and like related eroticism with death. I don't know. All I know is he 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 does the move where he cuts the X on the tip of the the uh, bullet to make it a hollow point. He's ready. He's this. He's he's a contract killer. He's making sure that bullet doesn't go through. And this time, it's personal. So he lines up his shot, hits the tire, makes it look like an accident. The guy skids off the road. There's a brick wall. I didn't know he does a Kool-Aid man through the fucking brick wall. Blows up. There's there's children in the middle of this stunt. Dude, I was so confused. We see the tire explode. We see the track from like a faraway view. There's no brick walls. No, you, so, you no, you see the brick you wall. See the, okay, he goes off the road and there's a brick wall. But this is like a super fake brick wall. Like it's, yeah, it, yeah. It's obviously. made of styrofoam. I didn't see it in the far shot. So when they yeah. did a close up and suddenly there's a brick wall, I was like, oh, it's oh. a Batman uh, commercial. No, it's, it's a Kool Aid commercial. He, he actually did stream. Oh yeah, when he went through it. It means it's both. And there were little kids drinking Kool Aid right next to it. That's what settles it as a Kool. They used to sell... No, that was Nesquik. This is the most terrifying cup I've ever had a beverage out of. They had the Nesquik bunny mug, where it was a plastic mug with his face on it. You would drink it. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. okay. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, all right. One down, one to go. His revenge is going fine. So he goes back to Nolens, meets up at a root... Get a nice root beer. I with, thought you were going to say root bin. With with uh, no, there was, they actually it was a science said root beer. It was, a, it was a revolving root beer mug. I want to hear all about Murray's bad brewing experience. Just listen to Barb Wire. <laughs> That's probably why they're listening. That is the horror. The <laughs> horror. Jeff meets up with Colleen again. Have you found her, Jeff? 
Get out of the fog. Let it go. But all Jeff is hearing for some reason, it's like a fucking Peanuts episode. All he hears out of his friend, his dear long colleague's head is just... <laughs> is that another sign that you're in the fog? When you I just know. hear, I think you have hearing problems. If that's you think that's just if hearing? you hear people talking like peanuts characters, fine. But he just heard. He's that. not hearing anything. Okay. All he's hearing is the, the 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 wisps of the fog. <laughs> Cut to Vanessa. What's she up to? Some charity scam. You know, she's always working a scam. So she's at some like it's like a cotillion type thing, debutante, but you know all that bullshit, Southern Belle bullshit. Yeah, everyone's got the Scarlett O'Hara like hoop skirts on. Arrested Development did this character to a T. This is this is Portia de Rossi's character, Lindsay, where I need to feel good about myself, so I'm gonna throw a charitable ball, but it's still like super elegant, and everybody applauds. Right, all the money's so. being spent on the fucking food. Exactly, and everything. it's like. Five percent of the proceeds donated go to the actual charity. The other ninety-five percent go to us getting fucked up and doing well. It off fits. It fits. Tonight. Vanessa would be doing this. Yeah, no, she's scum. Yeah, so she's just collecting donations from people, putting little flowers in their like boutonnieres in their lapels. If they give her a big enough tip, she grabs their junk or badge. It doesn't matter. She's not. She'll. She's willing to swing both ways for money. Right, and then she turns around and it's Jeff. And she's like, oh, Jeff. You know, she acts like nothing. She she never saw him. Yep. By the way, I think there, there was a scene in the prison where he sees her getting into Coogan's car and taking off. Weird. Okay. So he knows she fucked him, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he – and he goes – and he does, he does the what you do with a stripper, crumples up a dollar bill and just drops it in this little basket she was carrying and then just walks off. Walks. Walks. And she runs after him. Of course she does. So what, Murdy, come on, help me out of here. What is this happening? Because he broke the fog. He right. broke the fog. He did, and I'm happy for him. And, he, and not only that, he listened to Colleen. He's like, I'm not going to kill her. I'm going to let her know, fuck you, you fuck me over, Yeah. and I'm out of here. Right. And that's what he should have done with her. Right. But no, he leaves the door, the car door, open for her. No. She leaps in the car because she's like, I got a pigeon hooked here. I'm going to work this fucker again, see what I can do with him this time. Oh, no. So he gets in the car, takes off, and then we're like, I think the fuck's really gone because he takes her to the wharfs, and we know nothing good happens at the docks. Yeah. So we're like, oh, okay, he's out of the fog. This is this is it. On the way to the wharves, Vanessa's just fessing up everything. And I think she ain't fessing up shit, Griff. She's telling him a line. She's just just like, oh, you know, I was with Coogan first, but I always loved you. Well, she does say that. And then he found out, and then she probably told Coogan all this shit, you know, because she wanted to. She this she probably set the hit up because she's like, oh, you have an uncle that has all this money, and you're and you're set to inherit it. I want to. I know somebody who can help you with that. I want to throw this lavish ball for charity, of course. So yeah, she's just cro- crying crocodile tears. Like, oh, I, I, it was awful what they. She never came to see him one fucking time in the two years. It was awful what they. I let him know. I left him right after that happened. Right, and then we. I mean, we're real close up, so we don't know it at first. You just know it, but that sound. Like Murray said, we're on the fucking war. 
but he's fighting it, Griff, because he they get out of the car, she follows him, takes he just grabs her, takes her over. There's a pallet with like bags of bird seed on. I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. And he's just like I'm gonna fuck the shit. He's in the Uther thog right now. Yeah. Okay. So this, th- you're yeah. thinking Murray's watching this. Yeah. You know all about the Uth- Uther <laughs> Uther yeah. fog. I felt that. Hey, have you ever felt the fog, Griff? We never asked you. Have you ever been in the fog? Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Hey, it all happens to all of us. It's been a long time since I've been, since I've been in the Uther th- fog, yeah. but definitely been. Yeah. So he's just like he's just tearing our clothes. All right. He- <laughs> Most people go, oh, okay, he's, he's going to rape her. No, no, And she doesn't want it. No, 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 no. She is loving this. He, in his sad, pathetic way, is like, I'm taking control. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dominate this woman. I'm in control. He knows he's not in control. He's in the fog. She is loving him. She's like, I'm in control. Look yeah. what I'm making this guy do. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. Even... And you know... This is body heat. Yes, Griff. Exactly. William Hurt was totally in the Uther fog, dude. Yes. Yes. This is body heat, man. Yeah. Because he's ripping her dress and she's going, no. Stop it. Not here. Not here. You know they've done this a million fucking times. A million times. How did she know to fall on the bird seat? Exactly. Oh, my God. God. And then we get a nice body double. He's some tits, but it's it's, it's body double tits. But they're they're nice. And he throws her down, and then out of nowhere, a fight. Uh, the, the, it yeah, is the yeah, yeah, exactly. And you want to talk about something? I have some familiarity with. I have familiarity with three guys kicking the shit out of me because this is what <laughs> happens with these this guy. Three guys are just beating the shit out of this dude out of nowhere. And they, so they stop and just start watching this. And she's just like, oh, every time I'm with you, there's just blood and violence. Meanwhile, yeah, she hates this because she loves violence when it's about her. This They're is, not fighting about her. She right. Like this, yeah. She likes the kind of violence she likes. Yeah. And, she's just like, and he's just like, you live in a city full of violence. You just see it when you're with me. And we cut away. All right. So we're at the next morning. Uh, we got who's Van again? I don't even remember who Van was. With Jeff. that's Vanessa. Oh yeah, Vanessa. <laughs> they patched the. He, he's now he, he's totally deep in the fog, Griff. It right. didn't work. He tried his best. He thought raping her somehow would make him hate fucking her, and she knows. She's like, you wanted to, You were hating me when you were trying to fuck me. She knows. She knows exactly what she's doing. He was trying to exercise his demons, and it didn't work. She for, further She's pulled him She's fully in. in control. Right. Yeah. I mean, after after that whole scene, she probably said, you're going to buy me ice cream now? Right. And he said, well, of course. What flavor? <laughs> what flavor? Exactly. How high should I? Or... Never mind. I so the next day, they're at the airport. He, he thinks they patched things up like they're back together. And she's just like... <laughs> Excellent. Doing oh, that's the fun- right. They're trying to. They're trying to get away. Again. Yeah, they're going to do a little runaway. They're doing another runaway because yeah. this is what she does. She just runs away from her problem. Right. So they're ready to do a little, do a little getaway. So they're going to meet up at the airport separately that's because right. she's got to keep up appearances because she's with she's with somebody else. Right. Okay. Okay. And so she arrives in a taxi separately. She gets off. She waits at the front. She's like, uh, "No, I don't talk to bellhops. My man will talk to right. you." But she's holding up the whole line. Right. That's the kind of bitch she is. Right. And to show how powerful a person he's dealing with, which we don't know who this person is yet, 
The cab driver hands fucking Jeff an envelope. He opens it up, and it's pictures of him at that fucking racetrack yeah. with the gun. And that's not a baguette he's holding. No. And then he goes, he's like, well, he just brushes it off. Like, oh, I, I guess this guy's a fan of mine. He wants an autograph. And then he goes to the, the counter, and the woman at the counter is like, uh, Mr. Uh, Heston, this is envelopes for you? Yeah. And it's more pictures. He's like, holy shit, cancel our, cancel <laughs> our plane ride. All right, so now we're going to kill him. He's prepping up. Of course, like you mentioned before, I didn't see it because I was also in the pussy fog, apparently. I don't know what fog I was in. Right. And uh, he's getting ready to buy, of course, some P2P. Well, he's bought it. Now he's ready to mainline it because oh, he's okay. at his little flop house that he lives in. Yeah. And, of course, like, this, of course, uh, because he's got a drug problem, Jeff thinks he sold me out because he's the only as far as Jeff knows, he's the only guy who knows he's looking for Coogan. It gives him the motive. It's the only person close to him. It's the only person he can follow him. So we okay, This makes sense. Yeah. So he's like he's mixing up his heroin and he looks and those pictures are are tapes on the mirror. Mirror, Yeah. Yeah. And then he turns around and it's Jeff with a gun. And he's like, you sold me out. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm your only fucking friend. Yeah. How dare you fucking say that shit? Right. That girl has really gone to your head. Pulling a gun on me. I taught you everything you know. You're holding that gun the same way I taught you. With one index finger across the barrel and the middle finger on the trigger. That's a and, killer thing. And then out of respect, maybe the fog lifts a little for a moment. Because he's just like... It's oh, the first right. person to daddy up on him. Right. And he's just like, all right, I trust you. You're a friend. But I, and he's like, I'm never working with you again. You pull a gun on me. So then that just Jeff and Colleen's friendship up in smoke. Thanks to the fog. Yep. So he, Jeff leaves. He's retracing his steps now because he's been getting all these weird envelopes. Right. Maybe he got some other piece of information. I don't know. But he goes back to his sniping spot in the right. old Irish hills of Michigan. Oh, right. it's so beautiful. We actually when Irish hills are smiling. We had a Highlander incident at the Irish hills. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but that was pretty scary. The storms moved in and everything. Well, it's always scary when a gathering happens, especially <laughs> when the juggalos. And so he retraces the steps. He looks like he gets the angle where the shot could have come from. We get a nice little uh, product placement for Pan Am Airlines, which gave them free uh, airfare for this movie. Well, he finds the one envelope, and he can't figure out the co- – he's on a scavenger hunt for a child. Right. And then there finds, was- He finds the woods porn, spends five minutes looking. This is a pretty good one. <laughs> you know, why did this kid leave this? But then it's like as he's looking at the envelope, he turns and sees the Pan Am – uh, side, like you said, and he stares at it for four minutes. Italians do not mind boring the audience. David Lynch well, gets a lot of Because this literally, I'm not kidding, this is literally product placement. Yeah. They got free airfare for this. So they probably had to have it on that yeah. Pan Am sign. And so I, I swear, Lynch gets some of his ideas from these movies because he loves just letting a scene linger, and they let this scene linger. So he's like, that's got to be where the, the guy was taking the picture. So he goes up there, and then he notices. Next to some more, I, apparently this killer is leaving the woods porn. He sees a little crumpled up styrofoam cup. And he's like, where have I seen that before? Goes back to New Orleans. <laughs> and then we see little Georgie Porgy Savalas. He's like mechanic. He's working on some shit. And he pulls out from under a car and he's got a styrofoam cup <laughs> in it. He's sipping away. How did he get the cappuccino <laughs> out of there with the oil and the rust that comes off? He's, he's, I don't know, but... That guy is going to die in a minute. Yeah, Bronson grabs... He's like, this guy obviously took the, the picture. So he grabs him, puts his arm... 
Unlike uh, Ruby Soho, he actually has to hold this guy's hand inside a car door and slam the door on it. And he slams, instead of just holding your hand there and going, stop, please, don't hit my arm. Maybe we can, like, call up Tony Khan and be like, look, we're going to help you with some of your scenes here because they're awful. We've watched all these. We know how to do it right. Give us six-figure contracts. We'll make some of your stupid fucking pro wrestling, bu- or, or excuse me, sports entertainment bullshit look a little better. I know Stavros is like, no, please, don't kill me, don't kill me, please, I, I don't know anything. And then he's this full-on hardcore hitman again. He just nonchalantly grabs some gasoline and starts pouring it on Stavros. Damn. And he's ready to light this motherfucker on fire alive. Wow, we, we just brought this up, the Ruby Soho. This is the Eddie Kingston moment now. With <laughs> he's Brian not a Danielson. wizard. He's not a wizard. He's not a wizard, though. Because just as he's about to throw that match, that Cobra match, the fucking black guy who was at the airport showed up. Yo, I fucking took those pictures, motherfucker. Are you kidding me? What are you beating on this man for? I took the pictures. And uh, Mr. Weber wants will see you right now. Are you getting excited here? Because you know you're right. watching a Telly Savalas movie. You I know. Seen it's it's it been an hour. And, and the movie's only like hour 45. And you probably study the credits and you're like, Weber is Telly. Telly right. is Weber. So they take a nice little drive to this country club, and they get out. And before they're going to go, on, Weber, he's the man. He's the man of, of international man of mystery. He's in the Japanese sauna right now. And while they're going, Steve just happens to be there playing some tennis, working again, staying trim. And he's like, uh, uh, "Jeff, come over here." And the goons are like, "All right, you can talk to him, but you better." Get- Mr. Weber doesn't like to wait. Yeah. So Steve's talking to. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm Weber wants to see me. What are you doing here? I like to keep fit. Play tennis to keep my figure in shape. So he's just like, he's like, look, Jeff, I want you to come work for me. Because remember, just because you give the orders doesn't mean you're in charge. And he winks at him, like implying like I'm the real brains behind this whole Weber thing. I'm trying to get... Steve's whole thing is like I'm gonna get these uh, these idiot like hitmen. I'm getting them out of the like right. murder rack. We're going legit. We're going legit. So we're we're gonna be a clean industry. We're gonna make lots of money, and you could be involved with it if you just fucking clean up your act. Right. So now we finally the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to ever be sour. Fucking Kojak getting a facial. Immediate thing, first thing we see, he's getting a facial from some Japanese woman because he's he's a sophisticated man. Mm-hmm. And he's when was the last time you think this guy saw the fog? Ye- decades, decades, easily. He has life figured out. Yeah. So he's just like <laughs> Jeff. What's what's the deal? Why why didn't you work? Like, I thought you were out of the business. I can I point out one other detail here. Because yeah. he's got like they're doing like the rag over his face thing, but because he's such a important man and you know his money speaks so much power, they actually cut out a hole so we could have his little cigar. Yeah, you know. Th- so while he's getting a, like the full facial, he's got his little cigar poking through. I just loved it. I'm sorry, Telly is so fucking good. He, you know, they relate. You said they related. They tr- call this in the family or whatever. To try to bring in like the Godfather type money, yeah. he's fucking he. He is right up there with Marlon Brando yeah. in Godfather. Yeah, 
He's dead and good. I am not fucking around here. He I'm was not. really fucking good. He's great. And I want to point out that the, the this is what I learned from the commentary. A lot of his lines he ad-libbed or wrote himself, which I totally believe. Because I totally believe in Kojak he ad-libbed a lot of lines. Because there's shit. There's no way a writer would write that shit. Like, that's pure telly. Right, right. So he's laying it out. He's just like, I thought you were retired, Jeff. You went on a little killing spree here. It's like, that was personal. That was personal. I want those. I want that film. Well, I want you to join our little family. And he just lays it out. He's, just, he, he's telling basically the same story Steve was. Like, we're not. We're getting over this two-bit killing thing. We're getting into higher right. industry. We're doing the drugs. We're doing the. We're doing the profiteering off of uh, off the Black Rocks and uh, the the weapon sales and right. all that shit. And, but he's like, if we're the best, we're only going to hire the best. So if I need somebody to kill, I want you in my corner. And don't worry, I'll get you your 401k, your dental, your eyes, even eyes. I'll get you that. There's just one little hook here. There's no divorcing this family. If I call you, you come. And then and he's just like, and he's like, I'll even that fucking deadbeat loser friend of your Kalein, I'll even give him a job. I'll keep them all fucking doped up and everything. He'd never work for you. Only reason he ain't working for me is because I didn't ask him to. All right, I, you need to come work for me, motherfucker. And then I, or I wrote this because I, I saw this movie twenty five years ago. Whatever, I always remember this line because he's like, wow. nobody, you know, he's like, he's like, nobody says no to me. There's a lot of hub is filled with people who said no to you. Underwater statuary. <laughs> that line, underwater statuary, always stuck. Cause, you know, it's the thing they put their feet in cement and that kind oh, of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay. And he's like. He's like, I'm going to have you whether, whether you want it or not. Come on with me. Let's take a ride. Right. So they hop in a car. Nelly starts up. Come and take a ride with me. Hey, must be the money. And they're driving around. And like uh, Weber's getting a little teary-eyed reminiscent about the past. He misses the old days. He's like, see that bank over there? <laughs> me and three guys held that up. Now I own it. Yeah. Skyscraper right there? That's our new office. He's like, I finally made a building worthy of me. But now these egghead lawyers don't want me to show up. Now I'm not worthy of it. Can you believe it? What's going on with this shit? And he's just like, and he's like, he's just, he's like, we're birds of a feather. You need to come work for me, dude. Right. Where, where are you even taking me? I'm sick of all this talking. I'm getting thirsty. Oh, you're thirsty. Well, I got just the place for you. So now they take him up to uh, like this penthouse apartment that Weber has. And this scene, if you're in the fog, people, this scene will get you out of it right away. And so much so that I felt it was my duty as a human being, a citizen of the world, to reenact this scene for you. Don't worry. I'm going to do something that's never been done before. I don't think it's ever been done, period, let alone on a podcast. I'm going to do a dialogue monologue. I'm doing both Charles, Charles Bronson and Telly yeah, Savalas. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm not going to let Griff ruin it with no, his voices. I will not ruin it. I will not do my racist voices that I so horribly feel ashamed for, and I, uh, I have somebody over to whip me after every episode I do a racist voice. But, but we will will, Griff that. will play the role of narrator, setting the scene up. Oh, I'm so good at narrating. Yes. That's uh, why – I, I gave you this job. All right. Only you could do it. All right. Everybody, 
Webba is behind a bar making drinks. Why are you doing that <laughs> voice? Just do your I voice. fucked it up. Just do your I've voice. Just do your voice. Webber is behind a bar making drinks. You try this? It's called the Moonlight Passion. It's the newest thing here. I'm not thirsty. Chef, you like my place? It costs more than an aircraft carrier. But I had to have it. Al pushes a button, and a giant mural disappears to reveal an indoor swimming pool. I've got a very, very demanding wife. You know something? Before she'd marry me, I had to buy her a million-dollar country place. A woman is swimming in a pool, naked. Hey, I'm not complaining. She earned it long before the honeymoon was even over. You've got a lot of style. The woman gets out of the pool, a close-up of her butt cheeks, and Jeff sees that it's Vanessa. You know something, Jeff? I'm not a novice. I've been around, but I'm going to tell you something. She showed me more surprises. I mean, very, very pleasant ones. Jeff, with his jaw hanging, stares at Vanessa. Oh, oh, I forgot. You knew her. She used to run around with you a couple years ago, right? And then she dumped you for the guy Coogan when he got his inheritance. It's all right, Jeff. I squared it for you. I mean, she dumped him, too, and quickly the minute she met me. Hey, you were smart to let her go. I mean, she's too... She's too lively. No, you're too young. You would have taken it too badly. As for me, as far as I'm concerned, when she goes off on one of these escapades, you know, I'm relieved. I'm an old man. I gotta rest every now and then. Oh, women... They're so beautiful, you know? They could be the biggest whoas in the world. And yet, they insist on propriety, on keeping up appearances. When she goes off on one of these romantic weekends and she knows that if I object, she wouldn't move an inch. And yet she comes back and she starts these, these scenes, telling all these lies, pointing out all these details. Ah, uh, You know, in her own way, I think she is... She's a great artist. Come on, let's drink. Let's drink. Let's drink to the talent of my wife. I told you I wasn't thirsty. Mm. He broke her in one paragraph. Jeff, I mean, not Jeff, Al. Al. Totally explain. It's, it's, it's a masterful scene because not only is he telling him shit, he's twisting the knife. He sees how much it's hurting Jeff. I like this, Murray, because as we mentioned, you wanted more telly in this movie, but think about the first, like, 40 minutes of this movie, maybe 45. So you could say the first half of this movie, silent, we're just watching, you know, exploring Jeff, the fog, all that. And then we have the fog light that is Al Weber come into our life for the second half of the movie. And he shines that light bright, right in the fuck of Bronson's face. Right in the fuck of Bronson's face. <laughs> wow. We're doing good today. And you're thinking, this is the moment. This is the peak. This is either Jeff hitting rock bottom or Jeff finding his height. And he's going to be looking down on Vanessa now. But Jeff stares in that light. And you mentioned it before. That was a metaphor. And I did not realize that until I put on my Columbo cap. Jeff stares into the sun and yeah. pisses into it. Right. He's like almost at a spite to Weber. He's like, I'm going to stick with this woman. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tame her. We're Even though I thought she was my woman just a day ago, I find out she's married to my enemy. Yeah. 
She was. She left that out. She hooked up with Coogan for the longest right. time, and now she's married to you. She's working and, her way up. She's a social climber. That's right. Right. And so he Jeff just leaves, and as, as he leaves, he stops in Steve's office. And Steve is like, look, I got this under control. Just come work for me. Don't get involved with Weber and shit. He, you don't want to fuck with this guy. Right. Again, we're learning again that Steve is very tight-knit with Weber. Right. He's 1A lawyer. Right. And he's his consigliere. And he's just, and then like Jeff's like, I'll think about it. And then he moves, he drives off to Vanessa's fuck pad out in the fucking bayou and shit. She's got her own little fuck pad she keeps. And he stops there. She's waiting for him. Of course, she's waiting. He's for him. fucking fuming because he just saw her. He saw her cakes. They weren't. They weren't his cakes anymore. They were Weber's cakes, right? And of course, he saw it on like a Star Wars screen or something. It was a fucking painting that turned into like a see through. And yeah, like it was, it was probably like a one way mirror. I can't imagine what kind of effect that would have on a person in the 70s. Like, the fog effect. Uh You're already seeing shit because of the fog. Like, you're seeing that person everywhere and all that. And then you see through a fucking wall, and there she is in a pool naked. There's her cakes. That's got to be hard. Yeah, it's hard. And so hard that he's back in fucking Uther territory, Griff. Because he walks in. Uther territory. Yeah. So you're saying there's an easy way out. It's hate fuck again. Yeah. Okay. Was I, I... you're on to something. I didn't think about it. Yes, maybe he's switching to Uther because he, he, he wants out of the fog so badly, but his heart won't let him. Maybe his dick will. I imagine that this uh, Jeff Heston is a big reader, so he's probably read about Uther and Excalibur and everything, and he's mm. probably trying so hard to self-diagnose himself. Guys, talk to people. <laughs> you need to talk to people. Ask this Jeeves. Is, uh, excuse me? <laughs> That's where hitmen go. We learned that from the Statham, oh my God, the Statham uh, mechanic. Oh, my he God. He literally, in 1970, you literally had to ask Jeeves. There was no internet. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it came that from. That was the weirdest nod between the two mechanic movies was Bronson's uh, mechanic actually asking a guy named Jeeves and Statham's character going to his computer and asking Jeeves. So he walks in. He's pissed off. She's like, "What's going on?" You know. And he's like, "Are you angry?" I can tell you're angry. You were so angry when you raped me on that bird seed the other day. I saw. I felt the hate coming off of you. He walks up to the mantle. There's a little racist doll he gave her. They actually they show in the very beginning. He he gives her that racist doll. It's like oh, a. Yeah. It's a sambo doll. It's like the fucking buckwheat hair. It's very racist. Very racist. And he and and. And rightfully so, he throws it in the fire. He's like, you gave me that racist doll. I met a black man in prison, and I realized this is racist, (laughs) baby. And then he fucking bitch slaps her. The foley work on that backhand was incredible. It sounded like it was something out of, I'm sorry, Mary, Street Fighter. Throws her down, mounts her. She's like, I love you. She's loving this. Murray, Sweets and Scale. I didn't. Notice the music. Was it fuckable music? No, there was no music. Mm, that, a, they, that gets a demerit right there. And you have you have Ennio Morricone there, the master of fucking I, music. Look, I know people have been whispering me in the envelope saying, Murray Sveetson, stop pretending, guys. Murray is not Sveetson. I wish he, I had the writing ability of a Sveetson. <laughs> he is not from Starkville like Sveetson no. is. Uh, no. Uh, but I... I 
does it always have to have fuckable music to it? <laughs> I think it does. You got to have a rhythm. Because no, sometimes a raw passion. Well, we, yeah, we scene, do learn from this movie that silence is golden. Yeah, so, exactly. I feel like some love scenes or some. Uh, well, do, well, here's the other thing. Does it lose a point if it's got a body double? Because there's a body double in this scene. I I think it definitely does take points away. Okay. Okay, because it takes the actor out of it, and I'm not feeling that. Yeah. So. And they're literally not feeling it. But that's not the grip scale. That's not the sweets. Yeah, but sweets, and he's all about sexual movements, <laughs> choreography. And, and I saw no movements. No, no. And I saw a fire in the background. Almost robotic. Yeah, I saw a fire in the background that puts it a good score on the DeHart scale. Right. But we're not talking DeHart. Because the heart is not the ultimate scale. I got it five. I'm sorry. It's a, I think it's, it's, it's five. right in the middle. I think it's five. I think it's passable. I think it doesn't take away from the movie, right. but it doesn't really add much to the movie. Yeah. Okay. We agree. Next morning, Jeff wakes up. Here's his car starting. Vanessa's got to get that Denny's coffee. The best coffee is at. I'm sorry. It's only New Orleans Denny's. I don't know what it is about the blend. Uh, yeah. But... She's backing out. He's got like so much clothes piled around his junk. And he's out the window. Where are you going? I got it, Teddy's. I got to get you a great slam and a coffee. And he's like, because she's like, he's fully in my web now. She's just like, I can do whatever I want with this fucking loser. That's right. So she takes off, and then I think that that throws fucking cold water on his boner. Yeah, taking off because I think he goes. The fog dis- it goes away, it dissipates. Because he comes to because he goes out to his car, he dresses, gets dressed, goes to his car, opens a trunk, pulls out a shotgun. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Her leaving so quickly is like usually my dick pe- keeps her in bed for at least 12 hours. The fact that she's out of bed right now is not a good sign. He likes to talk after sex. It's very romantic of him. Yeah. That would put well, it he's a ro- Well, that's the whole thing. He's a, he's a romantic at heart. She's the fucking psycho. I mean... Okay. This sounds more... She probably doesn't even like sex. This is another tool in her toolbox right, that this, she uses. This is sounding more and more and more like a prequel to The Mechanic because we know uh. that about uh, The Mechanic is that he's into more of that romanticism and right. she is just like... Punk. he want, Yeah, this is all about love. This is, this is why this is the more insidious fog. Yeah. Because it's about feelings and emotion and love. Yeah. She can't feel love. She's the worst kind of person because she wants to be loved. She doesn't want to be in love. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're dead on there. So yeah. So she takes off. He pulls out. She comes back. He's like, "Hey, let's go for a ride." Because they're out in the bayou and shit, swamp thing. We see Ray Weiss like picking up flowers and shit out there. Ray Weiss out there picking up flowers. We Matt see Hunter's Adrian going... Barbeau bathing nude in there. Oh, great tits. Great tits. Matt Hunter flying by on his uh, <laughs> fan boat. Yeah. <laughs> Was Matt Hunter the guy watching him? I didn't know who that was because there's a guy, a mysterious guy, like with binoculars watching him. Yeah, I didn't get that. They get in a little like us, uh, like boat. Dilapidated. No, this is pretty fine, but they they, they find a dilapidated oh, boat that's graveyard. Right. They're finding bunch of dilapidated boats. Yeah, there's right? like an old like uh, river boat, you know, yeah. just rotting out in there. And he's taking her out, and she's playing she's cool. She's nervous because she's like, "Holy shit! Why, why would he be taking me out well, in the middle of nowhere?" Murray, this is something that came up in a great episode of Arrested Development. Not Arrested Development. Always on in Philadelphia. The implication: he is taking her out on a boat together, right? Where there's all these dilapidated boats. Death is in the air, right? The implication is heavy, and he stops and gets out. What are we doing? I want to go hunting, and she's like, "Oh fuck! I thought I had this guy, and now." So she, she started to, like for the first time because Vanessa's everything about Vanessa's uh, 
relayed through eyes and you know just body emotion. Right. She looks fearful for the first time I've ever seen her. Yeah. 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 And well, yeah, yeah the writing's on the wall. She's he, thinking, "Am I too old now? Can I not grip him the same way I used to?" Right. That was disgusting. <laughs> I but, don't. I don't like that line. But it, you're right. It's true. You're spot on with that line. <laughs> Because they, he just starts walking out in the woods, she follows, and then he, he pulls points a gun at her. Because he's like, why don't you go like 15, 20 steps ahead of me? And so she's like, where am I going? What? So she's desperate. So she pulls out the, 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 the crocodile tear. She goes down on her knees. Just make it quick. Just make it quick. I know you hate me. And then all of a sudden, you hear that foghorn. The fog is back. He just can't bring himself to do it. He's so ready to kill her. Yeah, she even puts up there that Weber put him up to it. Right. She's just like, I know he had something to do with this. And then the gears start turning in his head. Did he? You know, was that talk he gave me? Was that trying to get me to kill her? And then he grabs, he grabs her and hugs her. I thought he fucking backhanded her again. No, he just grabs her and hugs her. Oh, okay. And then she just that smile, that fucking Grinch smile comes on. And she's like, I got him again. Think about the metaphor here. Or and she's getting off on this. We got to remember, like, these kind of women, like, they get off on. That's why they go, they're drawn to men like Jeff, because the danger gets them off. Yeah. She's. We're gonna learn about this uh, in a minute here, but everybody's always coming down on there. Oh, you're dating Jeff. You're engaged to Jeff, the fucking murderer. And she's like, uh, you know, in one social circle, she's like embarrassed about it because she wants to be in that charitable. I'm so high fluting bullshit. So she wants it both ways. Yeah, exactly. She's not willing to stiff one side. Like I'm me. No, right. she wants to be too many people. That she, she's yeah, you're actually right. She doesn't know who she is because she's a different person for everyone she meets. Yeah, yeah. So then we have then they go back to the the fuck pad. They fuck and they're they're now they're doing the. She's giving him the pillow talk that he loves. Yeah, she because she she's like oh that's what that's what set him off. I didn't give him the pillow talk. I got to baby this guy after we fuck. But what does she do? She brings up the fucking the meetup. How she met Weber. She's like, he's so gross. He's just greasy and shit. He gives me the heebie-jeebies when he gets on top of me. Let me tell you about when I met him. This scene. This is only a clueless Italian people. I know American would set this scene where it's set. This is a clueless Italian does not get race relations. Okay. It's a. It's like she's at a club. It's like the Playboy Club. But instead of bunnies... We have attractive black women dressed up like sexy mammies from fucking like Gone with the Wind. They got if you know what a mammy is, Aunt Jemima. Yeah. They got the fucking kerchief on their head. It's fucking. I can't believe this is in this fucking movie. Nineteen, even for nineteen seventy. Is this, this is the crazy. scene that opened up with a giant yes, doll? A giant racist doll of a mammy with the big red lips. It's uh, fucking the, insane. Yeah. It's oh, insane. It's, it is ridiculous. And we see her and Jeff, because I guess they're friends, whatever. They're they're just hanging out at a bar, this club. I don't think Jeff was there. Excuse me. I meant Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Steve. Steve's, Steve's there with her. And then, of course, we, we're going to find out Weber is in, like, another corner of the place. Right. So we have uh, three big players, I guess, if you include Vanessa right. here. And they're, Vanessa's the talk of the town, like I was mentioning. Right, because she's like a model, yeah. Yeah. And as I was saying before, 
she's going around the social social circle. She wants to be, she wants to play every single side. She wants a right. dangerous man, but she also wants a high fluting man. But she also right. wants this. She, she doesn't wants, know what she wants. That's she her problem. Whatever she doesn't have, Griff, is what she wants. Right. And once she gets something, she doesn't want it anymore. Right. That's her dilemma in life. And so as she's sitting there, I believe Steve's at her table. She's just having a good time, talking with Steve, having a good conversation about being rich and everything. And a journalist comes over, and of course he's got these voices. Yeah, I'm gonna write an article about your fiance, the murderer. You'll be the talk of the town. Every murderer will want your picture plastered on the side of their guns. And he's like, and and she's like, oh, you're so, you're such a prick, oh, and like, uh, and I guess she implies that, that she's gonna sue him or something, and then he's like, oh, really, boss? Because like the, the head of the like network is there. Yeah. What do you think about that? I love it when people try to sue me. I've had a thousand lawsuits. Bring it. I don't care. And then fucking Weber, he's in the background, looking slick as come on a gold tooth. Got the black suit with the ascot, looking great. Got the little cigarello. He walks up, and and then the, the the reporter's like, "This story is so great. I don't give a shit if somebody even fires me." And then Weber's like, "Well, that's great because you are fired, ain't that right, Jim?" And he goes to the guy who's talking all this shit, like, "Bring it." He's like, yeah. "I guess he is fired." And then fucking they just squash it, and that's when immediately she's like. This is my next target. Exactly. The social ladder. She sees the rung. Right. Not everybody. This is Vanessa's talent. She sees the rungs in the ladder, and she knows where to climb. So right. I'll give her that. She has a talent for that. Humans and caring about people, none of that. But she sees the social rungs. Right. And she even admits it to Jeff. She's like, yeah. power, wealth. How could I stop myself? Right. She uses that in a way to like excuse her actions and be right. like, Great. well. Because she never takes responsibility for herself. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. This is what everybody pursues. This is just a normal yeah. thing. You need right. to forgive me because I'm just doing what humans do. And it, lady, there's all kinds of humans here. What? <laughs> Less than what you want. And he's just kind of staring off into space, and then he hears something. We're we're back in the swamp yeah, bog. Back in the back in the fuck pad. Yeah. And he hears something. And there was a nice little scene when she went to Denny's where he, there was pictures of her because she has pictures of herself everywhere in her in her house. And yeah. he just steps on and he walks across. Yeah, like that nice was a good touch. scene. I like that. But yeah, he hears something and he just fires at the fucking door. Right. And then he opens it up and it's fucking Kalane. He's like, oh my god, he killed his fucking mentor, and he, he sees there's like, like, like there's like two dollars in his pocket. Somebody paid him off, <laughs> and he's, he's willing to do anything. Oh, he's got to get that. Uh, that those fucking and he's thinking, drugs. Weber, Weber hired my fucking friend to kill me. That's I got it. Right. So the next morning, Jeff walks in. Weber's enjoying a little spaghetti western. He's On got TV. He's got the planters peanuts. He's fl- he's. He's got his whole cr- like crew around him. <laughs> he's got the craziest outfit. He's wearing a really. He's wearing a super tight, like plum-colored sweater, yeah. with, like some peach pants, giant glasses that keep giant. falling down off his face. Giant but he looks fucking great. He looks amazing. Yeah. Again, every scene, and again, I give credit to them using Telly sparingly right. because every scene he's in is powerful. Right, and he, even. And he can tell something's up, but he tells his goons to leave. Like, beat it. I want to be alone with Jeff for a minute. Jeff's, like, got this fucking grin on his face. He finally thinks he's got it all figured out. Like, he, Vanessa's with him. And then he's just, like, he pulls a gun out on uh, on Weber. Yeah. And he's like, 
I want those pictures. And you, know, you could just see the look of disappointment on Weber's face. He's like, Weber has been spelling out right. for – he spent hours with Jeff explaining <laughs> right. she is a fucking hua, right. as he said. Hua. Hua. Thank you. But this is, this, but this is the one mistake uh, uh, Weber made. He he. I mean, in that scene that we did, he basically said, "I know what kind of person she is, but I accept her for who she is." The mistake he made was he's like, "I can control her. You can't control this woman. You can't control a snake. A, 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 you know, a snake is going to do what it wants to do." Mm-hmm. And he's learning that right now, and he's just like, "Jeff, Jeff, Jeff, I'm so disappointed in you." Yeah. What you could and he was, you could see the real disappointment. Like you're such a sap, Jeff. What the fuck do I have to do to clear? And then then fucking uh, Vanessa comes in, and she's got she's got the cat that ate the canary look on her face. That's right. And it's looking like Jeff gives her a look, and they're like smiling at each other. And right. that again, Weber's face acting here amazing because right. right. he's just like, no, my boy. So right. he points over, yeah. The negatives are over in that cabinet there. Yeah, and he's like, Vanessa, you got the key, right? Yeah. He's totally like, – I mean, he's – and I think, you know, as I pointed out, he's constantly pushing the glasses up. I think that was a move Telly did because it's like he's playing it cool, but the glasses indicate he's nervous as shit. So oh. that's kind of like a little thing. Okay, I think you might be Because honest. he's trying he's trying to work his – talk his way out of this by, like, showing what a bitch Vanessa is. So he's just like – She's got the, you got the keys, baby, don't you? And she's like, you know, and then he throws the keys to her, and she unlocks it and pulls out the negatives discreetly. Yes, behind Jeff's back, right? Because he trusts her because he's a sap and walks out the door. Well, no, she sets the negatives on fire in front of him. Oh, that's what he. Oh, and then oh. she's like, and then and then, whatever. Great lines. He's like, oh, I guess she's gonna have to leave because you know how much she hates violence. You know, I was like, "Go along, little girl. We know how much you hate." And then she walks out, and then she and she 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 walks out. She stops because Weber's like, "I got to give it up to you. You did it. You know, you 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 pulled it off. Bravo!" And then she walks out with a smile on her face because he knows he's like, "Jeff's hopeless." Yeah, like I'm dead. Right. And he even brings up another line there when uh, Vanessa's out of the room, where he's just like. You know, she went into that discreetly. You really think she didn't pull the other copies out and pocketed them? You, you would really have told me if he did it. Oh, he's like, I know I'm dead, so I'm just fucking with you now. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Because he's like, fuck you. I'm not going to help you anymore, dude. How many times How many times I got to tell you she's fucking no good? <laughs> and it's just, you're just like, fucking hell, yeah. Jeff. She snuck off the other prince right in front of you. And... This is what happens to anybody that deep in the fog, I'd imagine. Right. When you hear the truth just pummel you. And you don't want to hear it. Right. It's just like the same Because set. that's the thing. Jeff knows he's in the fog. That's the tragic story of Jeff. He knows he's in the fog, but he can't get himself out of it. Think about all the people who are in the Trump fog. That's a good fucking metaphor, Griff. Because there are people so fucking deep in that. that they know. Is- I mean, how can you not know what a pe- how he's... He, he, Griff... Mwah. Chef's Thank kiss you. metaphor because he's Vanessa because you know he's going to betray you. Yes. You know he is, but people still fucking do his bidding. Right. It, he betrays it, everyone. Every single person. He's always like, I got your back. I'm not going to pay you. I'm not. I'm gonna, In fact, I'm going to sue you now. So right. It's the most fucking disgraceful thing ever. But hey, when you're that deep in the fog. Right. And then <laughs> I, 
I guess it was to muffle the, it was just stupid he puts a pillow and he lays it on top of the gun yeah. and like the muffle the sound yeah. and he shoots fucking Weber in the head poor Weber uh, so Vanessa's in the office with Steve because he's got the room next door right and he's like did someone fart into a pillow or was that a gun <laughs> And now we realize Steve and Vanessa have been cahoots the whole time. Steve is the biggest slimeball bitch of all the characters in this movie. I mean, is he? Because yes. at least he understands Vanessa for what she is. Yes, but a man. First of all, I don't like manipulators to begin with. I think you're. If you got to like manipulate people, get what you want, you're weak. You're, you're not weak. strong. Yeah. You're weak. 100%. And she even says that later on, and I think maybe even the scene, because she. But. Uh, and I didn't like this scene because it looked like they were going to do a babyface swerve on her and make yes, her seem good, like she didn't like want that. to do it. I didn't but like then that. they they do they go back. Yeah, no. I also want to point out if people anyone thinks this movie sexist, a lot of her scenes were written by a woman. The Ooh. woman was a writer on this on this uh, movie. So yeah, and they, he's just like. They're, so we learned that they've been working together the whole time to get Weber out of the picture. Right. They have more than enough evidence to get Jeff put away. Uh, you know, they can scare him away so the right. two of them can go off and be like this unhappy ruling couple. That's right. what I got out of it. Right. Because well, that's that's her power. Even Steve, so smart, Steve, Mister. I went to Harvard, whatever. He's in her fog. He thinks he thinks he can control her. You cannot control somebody whose natural instinct is to self destruct. Right. All right. So he is like in the fog too. Right. But he points it out because they're they're talking all this talk, and then he just says, "You don't think he realizes you're a bitch yet?" And Vanessa says something along the line of, "Everybody knows I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch." Right. She finally fesses up. Yeah. But he's he's like, uh, well, I'm lost. Well, right no, yeah, I, I know you're no. lost. Uh, but, yeah, you we've already gone over all this. He spells out that they both wanted Weber dead. Yeah. And they wanted, you know, she was never happy with Jeff, apparently, because he was a hit man, even though she was way into it. We right. saw all the scenes. We saw all the. Premise. Well, I think I, it's either in this scene or the scene later. I can't remember which. But she lets it out. She even like emasculates Steve. She's like, "Well, at least fucking Jeff like does his own dirty work. This he doesn't. The, he doesn't yeah. send me to this do isn't it." The next okay. So we got Jeff arriving at a bed and breakfast. And well, they're supposed to meet up. Yeah, Vanessa. Yeah. And he's waiting there. Cop start. You know, he hears the sirens. He's like, "Oh fuck." So we're going to watch him run. It's right. basically the Golden Statue movie all over again. Right. Uh, what was that called? <laughs> Golden Needles. Golden Needles. This is where the fog finally dissipates. He finally gets it. It took cops coming to get him. Yeah. Because he goes on a long-ass chase through the fucking French Quarter of New Orleans. We didn't need all this, but we get it. Mm-hmm. Now we cut back to Vanessa. She... Is the grieving widow of, of, of a legitimate businessman, Al Weber. Legitimate. She stands to get all of his shit, the stock holdings, all that shit. Again, we're going back to body heat here. Right. So she's like in her penthouse apartment that she stared. She stared. She shared with Weber, but yep. now she's got the bed. She sprawled out naked on the bed. Yep. Another, you pointed this out. <laughs> you're like, no, that's a different tan line. This is a different right. butt, yeah. uh, but triple, tri- quadruplet. There's been so many doubles. It's right. no longer a double. Right. <laughs> Body quadruple. Yeah. 
and a nice butt though because you sprawl it. And but we get this horrible scene where it like zooms in on her, and then it gets really tight on the wig that this double is wearing. Yeah. yeah. And then we get an abrupt cut where it, all of a sudden it is like Jill Ireland, her yeah. real hair, and like pulls back. It was weird. And then like, apparently, uh, apparently, Jeff learned Jeff. Much like every prison movie, we said Jeff learned racism is bad because he had a black inmate. She learns nothing because she has black women like they look like mamies working hand in like like slaves for her. It was it was really we get a, we get a, a we get a body quintuple where we see her get out of the shower and a black woman's patting her down, yep. drying her, She's dressing living- her, literally dressing her, tying her shoes. Yep. She's completely living. Her quote unquote high life, best life now, and she walks out and I want to point out too that all throughout the movie she wears white. Now she's wearing black. You're right. Now she's showing the real her. The oh. she embraces the devil that she really is. I like that. by wearing black. So that's some that was of... yeah. The white was her her angelic disguise. Nice. And now she's because now she thinks she's got it all. She doesn't need these men anymore. I'm gonna run the like, like she's gonna run the fucking organization. If, he, if Bronson wasn't so lost in the fog, he would have seen the seams in that disguise. All is not as it seems. <laughs> the wordplay happening here. So she's like getting ready because they're going to have a board meeting or some shit. She me- uh, she walks out into to some room and there's Steve. Yeah, she's like putting her makeup on or some shit. Yeah. Or waiting for a black woman to put her makeup on for her. And Steve's there. He's like, we did it. We did it. It's going to be great. We're going to rule together. Higgins uh, sold me this nice bottle of five thousand dollars champagne. Let's celebrate! And I did. He, I heard that Jeff. He's like somewhere in Africa in a mercenary group. I'd feel much more comfortable if he were maybe pushing up Daisy somewhere. A more a definitive solution happened with That's Jeff. That's a word I really like, Mister Murray. Definitive. And she's like, well, at least he had the balls to risk his own life for his shit. You know, you 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 just use me. Yeah, Steve tries to spit shame on a Jeff. He's a two bit killer. Who the fuck? Ca- well, unlike us. And I did say, uh, Vanessa owning her own reality. Now that she has all the money on, under right. her wings, owning herself. Unlike us, and I do mean us. He killed people face to face. We just fucking do it from behind, you know. They're right. they're we get o- other people. To we're do drone it. operators, right? We're we murder children and families from afar, right? We don't get our hands dirty. And he's like, "Don't oh, you know what? How about we talk about this after we get married?" She's like, "Um, I don't need you anymore. Steve. I'll take you across the world. Don't need you, Steve. I, everything's in my name. You're done, Steve. No need. You are my pet now." And she is wearing some kind of headpiece. It's like a scarf, like a headscarf. And then she yeah. puts glasses over it, <laughs> yeah. and I hated that. Yeah. Hated that. If yeah. you're trying to show – think of Steve Jobs in his presentation, Whoa. black turtleneck sweater. Imagine that pulled up over his head, and then he pops his glasses over it. That's the, It just takes that's away. That's the thing about Vanessa. She's not as smart as she thinks she is. Yeah. You know? So yeah, but she she but Steve stands steps in line. He's like, "All right, I'm your pet now. Whatever." She hits him with the ultimate line: "Look, man, everyone waits on me, darling." So they go. They're in the that big uh build exterior elevator. Yeah, in Chicago, not a good place for an exterior elevator. They're not in Chicago. Why did I think they're in Chicago? They're still in New Orleans. Of course, they're in New Orleans. But this. 
building is from San Francisco. They pointed you out probably should not have tall buildings in New Orleans because of their uh, foundation issues. Well, they well because not it was in San Francisco, which you shouldn't have either because of earthquakes. Oh, but so this is the this the final scene we get. The building with the elevator, the exterior elevator, like the Renson. We're bookending this too. Is San Francisco the uh, the uh, building that that Jeff is on is in New Orleans? Okay, and then the the elevator itself where they're acting that's just a set in Rome. So we get all these different cuts. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they're going on, and this okay. So this is a great scene because they're going up in the elevator. It's on, it's on the outside of the building, and they, they can it's, it's all glass, so they can see out. We're just reading lips. Ennio Marconi wrote a musical piece for this scene, and then the director's like, no, silence. I need to really? go with silence. Oh. So that was an artistic choice by the end. So they're going up, and then out of nowhere, bap, and then fucking Steve gets shot right through the fucking window. It does make that shot way harder. Like yeah. the fact that it's silent, and then suddenly, like, koosh. That's all you hear are the bullets hitting the, the, the elevator. No screaming, nothing. nothing. Just bullets right. going through the window. And he just riddles fucking, he's fucking Steve up. He's just picking him off. Oh, yeah. Hitting him. And she's freaking out, obviously. Like, what the fuck? And then we see that he's on that building across the street with his sniper rifle. She's trying to hit, like, the emergency stop because she's realizing she's uh, ascending above the, the line of the building. Even though... Yeah. Well, she can't. She's looking for him. She's, like, yeah. looking all around. She can't see but him. But she's, like, trying to stop it so she can get out. Anything. She's right. grasping for straws here, if you will. And she can't hit the button in time because the bullet comes flying for Well, him. she first, she mouths... Don't make me suffer. That's right. And then you see him looking through the scope, and boom, right through the head. And as she falls down, the, the 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 elevator gets to its floor, opens up. There's dead bodies in there. And then we then we cut. We get sound again, and we're we're with Jeff, and we see obviously people heard these gunshots going off. So they're looking out the window, yeah, like there's what been the like fuck? twelve of them. Right, and there's already cops looking for Jeff. There's cops on the street with their hands behind their back like, wait, should we actually respond to this? Everyone's asking us to respond to this. They're throwing uh, trash at us. I guess right. we'll go up there. Yeah, They go up there. It could cut to the episode of uh, Kojak where, you know, you had um, Sylvester Rocky Stallone. Stallone going up to that rooftop because this is pretty yeah. much – well, now we see Jeff's a broken man. He's just like, he, I mean, I don't know. Is he still in the fog? Because he's like mourning the loss. If anything, I you really think about it, he this was a mercy killing because see what Vanessa doesn't. But people who get by on their looks and sex appeal don't understand is, is Father Time is undefeated. We all hit the wall eventually. So it was never going to turn out good for Vanessa. She was going to fuck everything up. Yeah. There's no way the mob was going to allow her to take over. They would have whacked her. Well, so this is kind of a mercy killing in, 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 in from Jeff. Right. And it was for her and it was for him, too, because anybody at his advantage age with his advanced intelligence to get lost in that fog like he did. Right. You're lost. You're just lost for life. Like, right. what are you going to do? You're done. So basically what he does is suicide by cop. He just, like, cop pulls a gun on him. He's like, go ahead, do it. 
And then he sees the fear in the cop's eyes. He's like, oh, you must be one of them rookies I've been hearing about. And he gr- I'm the wrong color for you, huh? <laughs> not black enough for you? Is that not black enough for you? <laughs> and then he goes for his gun, and then the cop does like a cop does, unloads every fucking bullet into poor Jeff. And even throws the gun at him. Right. <laughs> and then picks up Jeff's gun and shoots him a couple times yeah. with that. And then when he's done with that, he throws him off the roof. Yeah. And he throws a fucking he throws a piece that he keeps to say, "Hey, the guy had a gun." He puts another. Even gun. though the guy had a gun, he lays another gun in Jeff's hands. He injects him with some drugs, <laughs> puts more drugs in his pocket, overkill. Over the roof. Total, total rookie move. He's right. He was a rookie. Right, but he left all of his fingerprints on him too. I yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. The cops in the seventies. Serpico uh, taught us. There Serpico you have it, people. Violent City, I hope everyone learned a lesson. We've traversed the fog. We come out on the other side. We always do. You've been educated. Right. We've Everyone's guided you through the education. fog. We are the floodlights of your life. Goddamn right. Never use your high beams in a fog storm. No. Always low beams. You know what, Griff? It's fitting that our hero's name was Jeff Heston. Because for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about another Heston. Charlton Heston. Oh, interesting. I don't think we've done a Charlton I don't Heston done. movie. This movie is a trilogy, Griff. Many people don't know it's a trilogy because the movies have only one thing in common. The end of the world. Post-apocalypse. Interesting. Well, people don't know. Uh, they probably don't even recognize this movie, but they didn't recognize the, the mechanic in this movie at Connections. Yeah. So... So this move, this the next three weeks we're going to call it the Charlton Heston post-apocalyptic trilogy, or as I like to call it, the Charlton Heston wears a little scarf trilogy because he wears like <laughs> a little kerchief in the, all the movies. I believe we're going to be doing some. Cla- we're going to go. You think the seventies suck? You people who said we're going to the sixties for the first movie because we're going to do them chronologically. We're going to be doing first Planet of the Apes. Woo. After that, based on the Richard Matheson movie I Am Legend, or not movie book I Am Legend. The Omega Man. I like it. And then after that, we're taking a trip to the future of 2022. Yes, the movie takes place in 2022. Everybody has heard of this one. We've talked about it on show before. Soylent Green. So that we'll be doing that for the next three weeks. Uh, So get your stinking paws on the play button, you damn dirty apes, for the next three weeks. And keep it warm.